start the launch sequence. Are your kids ready for life after school? Let's get them ready. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number four, A New Hope. Well, not really. Uh, Bill Priestley here with you. Hope things are well in your world, that the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and your children are not driving you completely insane, which, if they are, might be the reason you're listening to this podcast. Actually, I could title this A New Hope for Star Wars fans, but it's more so about building a plan for you and your child to help them and you become somewhat satisfied with a career choice. I guess it is about hope in one sense or another, so let's be in the business of hope today. And let's also hope that my voice makes it all the way through this, as I had a chance to use it quite a bit over this past weekend. And uh, as you can see, I'm fading fast, but hopefully we'll be able to get through this without too much discomfort here. Again, if you're just joining us and this is your first listen to the launch sequence, go back and listen to episodes 1, 2, and 3, so we're all on the same page before you listen to this one. You want to do this because once you understand the kind of environment we're really dealing with here, almost no matter your financial situation and the options that are in front of your kids, there's an even playing field for you to, to much that's much easier to understand. That said, we've talked about that scary question of what do you want? We've talked about the perspectives that you both come from, you and your kids. Now let's talk about coming to an agreement when it comes to life after school. One of the toughest jobs in the world, especially for people that aren't used to it, is sales. Getting someone to buy a product or service. There are lots of tools salespeople can implement to create the conditions that would seemingly work in their favor. Some are obvious, like, this deal is only good until midnight tomorrow, and give you an indication that there's a deadline that needs to be met. Another is, This is the hottest product of the year, but you can only get the deal while supplies last, letting you know that there's some scarcity to the product and the deal. One less obvious tool is social proof. For instance, it's a testimonial from a celebrity or a high amount of positive reviews on a product. The more other people say a product is good, like if you give this podcast a good review, the more likely other people will buy the product, or in this case, listen to the podcast. Children, however, are also in sales, except their go-to sales tactic is the most basic one ever thought up. Ask if they can have that one thing over and 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 over until you finally capitulate because you're done listening to their nagging about it. That's a sales job. Likewise, you're also in the sales business when you tell your 10-year-old to clean their room or they're not going to get time on the video game console that afternoon or that evening. It's a way to get them to do something they don't really want to do. So when parent and child come together to start talking about life after high school, this becomes a sales job for both parent and child. The child wants to do what the child wants to do, and the parent wants the child to do what the parent wants them to do. Another outstanding factor about this is that usually the child is around the age of 18, which means they have the right to make their own decisions with or without their parents' approval. So immediately, we're met with the thought that this child will have no barriers to whatever it is they want to do, and we are also met with the reality as parents that are about to lose our ability to protect our child from what we think 
is difficult or perhaps dangerous. But the biggest element in all of this is that at the age of 18, though the child has the right to do whatever they want, legally of course, they do not have the right to do it wherever they want. Parents can charge rent. They can kick them out of the house. They can support them financially at college. They can implement a loan that is to be paid back over time. In short, there is a financial consideration that needs to be acknowledged that life after one's 18th birthday is expensive and gets incredibly more expensive if the child decides to go to college. So how do we manage this conundrum where both parent and child are satisfied with the outcome? The first thing we need to measure here is that there are two sales being conducted. One is for love. The other is for support. Many people see these two things as one. You might remember hearing someone say, well, if you love me, you would support me. That's not always the case. On the one hand, love is unconditional. On the other hand, support is conditional. On love, the sale has already been made between parent and child. On support, there is work to be done to get the sale on both sides. Given the next steps after high school, what happens next has the potential to be very, very expensive. College might be one option. Living on their own might be an option. Living at home might be a money-making proposition for you and a mildly expensive option for your children. Nevertheless, this is the first time when the relationship between parent and child involves a significantly larger amount of money than at any other time in life. That, in and of itself, changes the dynamics of your relationship with your children. They not only now have a vote, they have a majority vote in their own life. You've lost that vote from a legal perspective and only retain the knowledge of your life experience that you can pass on to your child. This is no longer a one-sided conversation where what you say goes. It's a negotiation where they have the option of pulling everything off the table. With that, your relationship changes from that from a parent-child relationship to a loan-applicant-loan-officer relationship. Let me explain. Your child now sits across from you in the seat of enthusiasm. They have ideas, they have dreams, they have goals, and they'd like to get there as quickly as they can. They are the people that plan to change the world with their ideas. Yet, they don't have any money. You have money. You also have a lifetime of experience. Even further, you've probably watched other parent-child relationships go through this process and have that secondary experience as well of what to do and what not to do. You sit on the seat of experience. You know what works, or at least what has worked in the past, and you really don't want to see your child go down a path where others have found difficulty or hardship. That brings us to the negotiating table. For the sake of argument, let's assume that you and your child disagree about what's coming up after high school. Let's say that what they want to do involves a lot of money, like college or living on their own. Let's say you'd want to see some sort of return on your investment. You're not just there to pay for their next few years of life living high on the hog. You want them to go through this experience becoming a person of value that can make it in the real world on their own. Now, just for a second here, imagine two poles, roughly 10 feet tall here, anchored to the ground about 8 feet from each other. Both poles are pointed away from each other. One pole is your pole. The other pole is the child's pole. 
As these polls are not pointed at the same thing, there is no agreement between the two. It would be good in this situation if the person on the seat of enthusiasm were to present a plan to the seat of experience as to what they want to do with the money and how they're going to manage it and see it as an investment in their life. The people on the seat of experience could look over the plan and either approve it or give it back with questions they want answered and areas they find questionable. What this treatment does is it starts the process of leading these polls towards each other. So long as no one gives a flat no to the proposal, we have a chance to make a deal here. Let's assume that the child wants to go into something that you have no knowledge of, like an industry or a college major you're just not familiar with at all. Just on that alone might be enough for you to say no completely, because you don't know how that story ends, or even begins for that matter. But let's step past that for a second, and instead of saying no, you say, tell me more. I don't know about this industry that you want to go into, and I want to be reasonably sure that you can support yourself in it. What's it going to take for you to be able to take care of yourself? What are your goals? How are you going to accomplish them? Now the talk can begin. The child knows that you're willing to listen. You're willing to give this a shot if it meets whatever criteria you apply to it. They go back, do some research, answer your questions, come back, and talk about it again. You listen. You measure the amount of money they need versus the return on that investment that you would like to see. And then, through real negotiation, these two poles start to work towards each other until they touch. Back and forth. Maybe you get somewhat excited about this as you learn more. Maybe they start to see how spending money is more about responsibility and not just about access to possible success. And if they do touch, it means we have an agreement. The child may not get everything they wanted, and you might not get everything you wanted, but now they know that they have your love and your support in doing something in which they have great passion. Now, this approach can blow up for everyone because of one scary proposition. You aren't the only bank in town. Yes, you give your love unconditionally, but if you don't give your support... The child can go somewhere else for that. If you say that the deal is off, you're effectively telling them to go find it somewhere else. If either of you become stubborn in this negotiation and say that certain things are not negotiable, your situation remains unchanged. But the child has every right to see if they can get a deal somewhere else. Now, statements that can make you go down that road might include... I'll pay for you to go to college only if you become a, insert major here, major. The industry you go into must be able to provide health insurance. We're paying for your education so you can come back and help the family business. A child might say, I'll go to college if you want me to, but only if I have a car. I always wanted to be in a band, and this is my only option. This dance school is my dream. I don't want anything else. When we start using words like only and must and, quote, the one, unquote, we're headed down that path, and it's a path we don't want to go down. Both sides, not just the one issuing the ultimatum, have to be open to compromise if we're going to get a deal done. And 99% of the time, there is more than one way to get a deal done. So we can avoid that by having a person in the seat of enthusiasm present a plan 
and use that as a starting point to talk about how to achieve that plan's objective. That starts the real work of them setting dreams and goals for those dreams, and then making a map of how to get from where they are to where they want to go. And in the next episode of this podcast, we're going to take a look at how a person can put a plan together that both the seat of enthusiasm and the seat of experience can agree on. Thanks for joining us here on The Launch Sequence. Many more episodes to come, so I hope you'll stick around. Reminder to send this to a friend or two and give us a review for that social proof whenever you download your podcast. Till then, Bill Priestley quoting Henry Boyle, who once famously said, The most important trip you may take in life is meeting people halfway. I'll see you next time. The Launch Sequence is the official podcast of the Dream Job Factory. For more information, check out our website at dreamjobfactory.com, where you can view all of the tools we have to help your child identify a life path. You can also sign up for our newsletter to get the latest podcasts and information in the career discernment space for young people. We also invite you to join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thedreamjobfactory. This has been The Launch Sequence giving your kids the keys to launch their careers.